Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Jesus did not love us. He would not have shed his blood on that cross for us. And that, that, that hits me really hard. And then also when uh, Kathy was doing the session, she was speaking about how she was supposed to go to the, to the Philippines and she was hearing about all these reports about ISIS and what they were doing there. And she said that she felt that fear start to build up in her. And she was also saying that if she was to go and tell Bill, Bill would be like her grounding mechanism saying, we're still doing it anyways. And that got me to 1 Samuel 17, the story of David and Goliath. And when Goliath was out there taunting the Israelites, in the, the Israelite army, they started to march and walk in that fear. But David, in, Mar- in 1 Samuel 17, 48, says David ran to meet Goliath. So what I was getting from that is, don't walk in fear, run in faith. We're going to use that slogan. Don't walk in fear, run in faith. Amen? Amen. So good. Is there anyone else that wants to? I know some people, they had uh, um, time to process. Mike, did you want to share something? Put them on the spot. Anything that, that kind of has stuck out from yeah definitely since the replenish every replenish at the time i know he's doing something in it but i i just can't put stuff into words but uh this is one where i've paid more attention in the weeks following and just uh and just feeling it inside a, a deeper i guess one thing that i went into it saying i just i want to go deeper i, I want to just have a deeper love and uh, and I feel like since then it it has been easier to to want to spend the time praying. You know, I'm taking opportunities where maybe I would just throw on some music, and but I'm shutting off the radio, and you know, I'm driving and stuff, and I'm just praying and I'm just listening and I'm just trying to to be more connected and, and more purposeful with my time. So I know uh, you know I'm still probably figuring things out but uh it's definitely something that i've noticed since that retreat and just want to keep keep going deeper with god and just giving him more of my time and and more of uh, all of me all of my heart amen amen that's a process amen anyone else want to share something that god maybe or, or a testimony of something that god did um, you know, it's always important to give God glory for the things that he does. Uh, days go by, and many times we just, we take it for granted. You know, Sheila was sharing about this little boy, and it's just touched my heart. Um, she cries when she tells it, but there's a little boy in kids' club who was on the bus, and he's one of these ones that's really chatty with her, and he, was, he had this little bottle of Gatorade. And he was so happy. And he, 
he was like telling her, my cousins gave me this Gatorade and it was clear. And he's like, I drank it all, but it's water now. But he was so proud that he had this Gatorade. And I was thinking like, how many of us, you know, just have them out the wazoo in our cupboards and, you know, one time we did a, um, for the girls group, we had a girls group in our, at our home. Um, we get up to 23 girls, Sheila, at one point. These were girls that were transitioning out of kids club. They were over 12 years old. And we had a big group of them. And God was like, Sheila, you got to do something with them right now. So we had them at our home and she was doing discipleship with them. But we had Eastside Greggio's one night. And so I made a big thing of spaghetti. And you know how we have Eastside Mario's, right? Well, it was Eastside Greggio's. And I dressed up and I did, you know, but all of those girls had not been to Eastside Mario's. We seem to think, you know, just going out to a restaurant, it's just kind of like, but it's like we, we don't realize that, you know, there's people in positions that, like we just have so many things that we just take for granted. And we got to just, I, I love things like this because it just puts things in perspective and it, it shows us what the value of something really is. But you know what? This is the thing that's been hitting me since the replenish is the value of a soul, the value of one. How many saw Apollo 13, the movie? Then when that guy was, you know, the the satellite got, um, you know, knocked out of orbit or whatever, and they had to try to get this guy back, and there was millions and millions of dollars, and there was tons and tons of man hours to get one person back and, you know, to figure it all out. And when I was watching that movie, I'm like, I was astonished. It's like, wow, this, they did this just to be able to get him back. And God was like, that's the value. And I have much more value than that for one soul, one soul. And we don't understand a lot of times because we live in a culture that, you know, it's all about accomplishing. It's all about getting. It's all about, and how many know it's important to be successful? It's important to not be a bum and sit around, but to be able to be successful. But so much of our culture is about being, you know, the best you and all about you and all about you. But all of this stuff we're not going to take with us. We, 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 we use it. And we operate with it. But in the end, we're not taking that with us. The only thing we take with us is other souls. Our soul and other souls. That's the only thing that has eternal value. And our prayers. Because our prayers touch heaven and bring heaven down here. It's the one thing that touches eternity and brings. It's like the bridge. It's the very thing that connects us to God. And it's like, boom. And we can't explain it, but it's like, it's an amazing thing. And that prayer and that connection with God is like, 
there's eternal value because why? Because we step into eternity. We step into God's realm. And when we touch a soul and a soul gets saved and a soul comes to know God, that life goes from death that would be separated from God for eternity to life for eternity. That's the value of a soul. And everything that we do, you know what Luke was saying about, you know, that love is, it's the most important thing. It's got to be the thing that motivated Jesus to even go on that cross. It was our value. He saw it in you and me. But we have to begin to see it because our busyness can be about nothing. It's about accomplishing for what? In the end, it's, it's reaching souls. It's touching another life. It's lifting another person so that they can see their value in God, that they can see that, that they matter to God, that their life is important to him, that that, that life surrendered will, will live for eternity with him. That's the most important thing that we can give. You know, Jesus here was going on and he was... Um, I'm going to just go to a quick gospel, uh, two gospel sections here that we can look at together. And so let's go first of all to Matthew. Quickly, uh, Matthew 18. We're going to start at verse 1. And here again, we see the disciples are arguing about um, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Guess what? That's going to be the thing for all of eternity. People are trying to find their value in something. They're trying to find their identity in something. That's why we have 90,000 different denominations. We're all worshiping the same God. Why do we have all those different denominations? Because everyone is trying to find their identity, trying to find their value. And then who's the greatest? Come on. Go into a room. Everyone's like, oh, we got the, the upper edge. We've got this. We've got this. It's like, What about if we all have a part and all of us together is what makes us great? Amen? Because guess what? When we get to heaven, someone's going to be wrong. Of all the denominations, we're going to get up there and it's going to be like, okay, who was wrong? (laughs) What if we all had a part? None of us had it all. But together, we had it. If we could learn to be together and work together. It's like a family. I love a family in that they're all different. Everyone's different. And that's great. You have, each kid, you have to discipline different. Why? Because they're different. You can't, you can't even talk the same to each one. It's like you have to learn. And each one brings something else to the family. But all together, you make it, it becomes rich. It becomes full. And so they're like, who's the greatest? And, he, and, he, and Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. So it's just simply turning from your sins and becoming like a child. It's literally saying, God, I can't do it on my own. I can't live my life on my own. I want to be like that little child. We were talking about this today in our leadership discipleship time. 
is coming back again to the just the simplicity, coming back to the foundation of who we are, coming back to be like that little child that doesn't have to know everything. Isn't it great? It's the great thing about a kid. They just are happy and they could smile at Papa, smile at their, their, the, the one who's in control, and they can be confident in that. That's what he's saying here. He says, so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. You know, we had a, a little boy. Um, Jill was telling me because this was on her bus. And um, his dad had died the day before. And Sheila had met this this father because the father used to drop him off every time Kids Club was on. And Sheila knew, you know, seeing him, he comes from a rough situation, but he was always faithfully there. But, you know, this little boy came. The day after his father died, he still came to Kids Club. Why? Because Kids Club was a safe place. It was a place where he could talk to her and and be around, and be in a place that's safe. And, you know, this is what we've got to be for people around us. This is what we've got to be, is be able to take people in these situations. There's a hurting world out there. You don't even have to look far. People are hurting. People need, need the Lord. They don't even know what they need. But they're looking for someone that would love them and would reach out to them. And it doesn't take much. It just takes us simply being like that hand reaching out. But, you know, if we accept even those as a little child, it says here, um, you're welcoming him. But he says, if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. The temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting. So, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. In other words, he's saying, get aggressive with this. If there are things in your life that are stopping you and are are causing you to fall away from God get aggressive with them don't play around with them because the enemy's end goal on all of them in our lives is to take us out and to make us cause others to fall he just it's a ripple effect and he wants to do that so God's giving us the antidote. He says, get serious with it. He says, it's better to enter life with only one hand or one foot than to th- be thrown into eternal fire with both your hands and feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that heaven, that in heaven, 
their angels are always in my presence or in the presence of my heavenly father. And then he says this, this is interesting because he puts this at the end. And this is what I want us to focus on. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it's not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Amen. This is the value that Jesus has for souls. And this is what he's wanting us to put inside of us. And I'm Pastor Sheila and I have been evaluating different things in terms of since we come into the new year and we started our fast um, in the beginning of this, this coming into this year. And he's, he's showing us in areas where our faith has gotten dull. And so we're looking, we're looking at those areas. Okay, where can we sharpen this area of, of our faith? Because we used to step out and be really daring with our faith. And sometimes you take a lot of hits and you, you step back. But it's like, no, we're feeling like we want to go cliff diving again. It's like, yes, use our faith. It's like, come on, we can do this. And, it, and faith's not a hard thing. It's an easy, easy thing. And so... Um, that's one area that we're, 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 we're looking at. But the other area was, is the value of souls. In the midst of busyness, we can sometimes forget the, what the value really is in everything that we're doing. And it's souls. It's souls. It's not about growing a church and trying to make a church that attracts people. We're making a, a church that attracts God. And when we do that, people will come. Why? Because people are desperate for God. Not a program. Not your and my pat answers and our simple little success stories. It needs to be more than that, people. We don't have what it takes, any one of us. We need the love of God to be shed abroad in our hearts that when we encounter people that with the eyes of Jesus and with the heart of Jesus, we see the value of each person. And for me, I'm a task person. I see tasks. So for me, it's a lot of work to see a person. Like, it doesn't come naturally for me. But when the Spirit of God puts that in me, I can see the value of a soul because it's a work he does in us. And we see it because he gives us those eyes to see the value of a soul. And Jesus, he's awesome in that, you know, I was reading this account in the Gospels. And in Luke, if we can go there, <clears throat> Jesus is at the cross. He's at the very end of the cross. He's literally... It's just before he's going to die. So he's been going through that excruciating whipping. He's had to carry that cross. How many have seen The Passion? It's a brutal, brutal movie when you're watching it. And it doesn't even compare to what really happened, but it is the closest thing we have. 
but he walked and and carried that cross then of course he got nailed to the cross then he's suspended there with the pain of that and in the midst of all of that they're mocking him they're doing all kinds of stuff and then it says here this is where this comes in this is just near the end before he dies and it starts in verse 32 and he, and he was he was hung between two criminals so anyone who was put on a cross was considered cursed in that day so he he was worse than a person he was a cursed person when you were cursed you were considered like evil you were considered less than a person even you were i don't know they're just the term you're cursed was like you're vile you're you're worse than nothing and so he was that and he hung between two criminals he identified with the worst and these two criminals it gives the account here and it says two others both criminals were led out to be executed with him and when they came to the place of the cross they nailed him to the cross and the criminals were also crucified one on his right and one on his left and Jesus said father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him by offering him a drink of sour wine. And they called out to him, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And a sign was fastened above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. Isn't that awesome? They use the mock sign and they're prophesying who he is. It's like God's like, this last word's going to be on you. You don't realize this, but you think the joke's on me, but it's actually going to be on you because he is the king. And then it says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it and save yourself and us too while you're at it. So even right to his death, this criminal is like, come on, and he's mocking him. And he's sitting there dying. But thank God, look at, there's another guy. It says, but the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then it says, then Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. In the midst of his final hour, final probably minutes he is assuring someone else he is pouring his life out 
for someone else and giving him assurance that you're going to be with me. Talk about the value of one. He saw the value of one. In his last hour, a criminal who didn't really deserve forgiveness was given forgiveness as soon as he asked. And he's the first one to get saved. A criminal. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? And it says here, By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. And then it says the light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words he breathed his last. And when the Roman officer overseeing the execution, so this guy saw everything from the beginning to the end. We're talking gladiator, okay? A barbaric gladiator who is overseeing all of this saw everything that happened, and this is what he said. Surely this man was innocent. Talk about amazing love. Amen. This is our Savior. This is the one who died for us. This is the one who continually is looking for the one. How many have prodigals that have been in the fold and strayed? I'll put up my hand. Many prodigals. You know what? The value of one, he still chases after them. We get tired. We get exhausted sometimes. We get hurt. We get offended. Sometimes we're like, I got to take a breather. Sometimes our grace runs out. and We're like, we get to the end of it. But God's value never, ever diminishes for that one. He is continually chasing after the one. Amen. And we got to keep this in our hearts. And we've got to ask God, God, give me that heart. Give me, put inside of me the value of one. Let me be there in those moments that I need to be there for that one. Let me see them with your eyes when I need to see them with your eyes. Because we seem to think, oh, you know, I need this. It's got to be this amazing thing. No, it's just being available and saying, God, just let me see them. Ask him, let me see them with your eyes. Give me your heart. We seem to think, oh, I got to have it in me. And if I don't, I'm an evil person. No, you're human. We're selfish. Human nature is selfish. And the only way we come out of our selfishness is we lay it down at the cross. And we say, Jesus, I want you. I want your heart. I want the value that you have for one. I want you to put that in me. I want to see things from your perspective of eternity. I want to see that each person that I encounter, that they matter to you. And God, if there's something that you want me to give them or you want me to say to them or you want me to show them that I will be there as your hands, as your feet, 
as, as your voice if you need to speak something to them. Can we do that? I believe we can. And I believe we can do it every day. And I believe it's not a hard thing. But I believe that as we allow ourselves to do that, he does his part. Amen? And we don't know what that's going to be for each one. But he does it. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to um, partake of communion. Did everyone get the communion cups? I don't know if, um, if you didn't get one. If you can uh, put up your hand. Did you guys get communion? Um, oh, okay, I've got mine here. So we're going to partake of this together. If you didn't get one, just put up your hand. So the way these work, the top plastic is your wafer. So we'll just get it out and get it ready. But Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for the value of one. That each one, each one matters to you. Each one. I remember we came uh, back from a a youth. um, It was called the Choir of the Fire. It was a youth event way back in the day. I can't remember how many years ago. Um, And the girls shared, and it really, it's always stuck with me. And it was something that really marked her life. But she said, you know, she says, there's a place in God's heart for every person. This is what God showed her. And she said, and when that person dies without him, there's a, that hole. Like, it's not like God creates someone for destruction. He has a plan and a purpose for everyone. He doesn't create someone to go to hell. We send ourselves to hell because of the choices we make. But he had a place and a purpose in his heart for each one he created. The Bible says we were designed, we were intricately made by him. It's not like he's like, I'm going to make this one an evil villain. And, and I'm like, he, he doesn't do that. And so when, when we die separated from him, there's a hole, there's a place in God's heart that never gets filled. And it just, it hit me. It's like, because we seem to think God just kind of just, He moves on to the next one. We're not realizing he's perfect love. If he's perfect love, he can't love without reservation. He has to give himself completely. So when a person completely turns their back on him, he feels the pain of it. We we can put up walls so we don't feel the pain. He can't. He's perfect love. He doesn't get offended. He's perfect love and perfect forgiveness. But there's still people that will just push that away and it breaks his heart. So that's helped me in that 
there's times that are very painful when you continue with God and others don't. And you have to process that and you have to like, God, how do I move on from this? And we have to know he carries that pain. He, he carries that because he has that, that hurt in his heart because he has that place for that person. And when they're not there, he feels it. And so, God, I, I ask that you, would, that you would comfort us in those times of pain with dealing with the prodigals, our kids and, and maybe friends and those that have fallen away. God, help us. Give us your grace to be able to love them, to be able to see them with your eyes and with your value, even when they don't have value for themselves or when they have pride and they've just, they've mocked you in a way that it hurts, but God, help us to see that your love sees past that and sees their value and sees more in each one. God, I ask that you would give us your heart, that we would see the power of your blood Nothing but your blood. It speaks a better word over every life, over every soul. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Nothing but your blood, Jesus. Nothing but your blood. Nothing but your blood. Let's sing that. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood, a better word was spoken, oh, I know it was nothing but the blood, every curse was broken, yes, every curse. Nothing but the blood. Let's just thank Jesus for the blood. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood. Yes. Nothing but the blood, the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood. His blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood that paid the price in full that we can be completely redeemed from every sin, from every curse. We thank you for our freedom that we have in you, Jesus. If there's someone here or there's someone that's watching online and you're thinking, I can't be free, you can. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with what Jesus did for you. Jesus paid the price with his own blood. His own body that was broken, was broken and punished and took the punishment that you deserved so that you could go free. And all you have to do is receive it. Perfect love and perfect forgiveness is reaching out to you today. And all you have to do is say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I receive your forgiveness. I lay my life down. I receive your love and I make you Lord of my life today. Jesus, we love you. Let's partake of the bread and thank him for the bo his body that was broken for us. We thank you, Jesus. Just take your bread right now and let's partake of his body. We thank you for your body that was broken, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was shed. We thank you for the stripes that you bore on your back. That every one of those stripes paid for our healing. Thank you, Jesus. Let's partake of the cup. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone that needs healing in your body, I can pray for you tonight. If you want to come on up. He's here. Jesus is our healer. We stand together in faith. The Bible says if anyone's sick among you, that the elders will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So we're here to pray with you tonight. But let's just stand and let's just thank him for the blood. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc. Thank you.